Tired of searching the vast jungle of podcasts? Now listen close and hear this out. There's a podcast network that covers just about everything that you've been searching. The Golden State Media Concepts Podcast Network is here. Nothing less than a podcast bliss with endless hours of podcast coverage. From news, sports, music, fashion, cooking, entertainment, fantasy, football, and so much more. So stop lurking around and go straight out to the Golden State Media Concepts Podcast Network. Guaranteed to fill that podcast itch. Whatever it may be, visit us at www.gsmcpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and download us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the GSMC Basketball Podcast, brought to you by the GSMC Podcast Network. I'm Mike Shredder. Thank you guys again for tuning in to this episode of the GSMC Basketball Podcast today. I hope you guys have been enjoying what you've been listening to so far today, and I look forward to continuing to share more stuff with you guys going forward on this podcast channel. Now, to recap what I've done so far, I talked about DeAndre Aiden, right, which if you've been following the NBA landscape and the news in the NBA, you would hear that he has decided to agree, I guess, to a four-year, $133 million deal with the Pacers. And it looks like he's going to be, it looks like it's going to be leading toward him, leaning toward him going to Indiana and pairing up with Tyrese Halberton. And, you know, creating an intriguing and fun young core. And also, he probably will be going for nothing. And the Phoenix Suns will have to sit there and scratch their heads about how the fact that they didn't get anything for a guy that they didn't believe was a max player when Indiana clearly did. Indiana also is desperate, but they clearly did. The second segment I talked about, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell now is on the trade block, and the Knicks are all over him, the Nets, the Heat. And I talked about what Donovan Mitchell is as a player, what his value is, and I explained why I think the Knicks are ultimately the best fit to get him and why, as a Knicks fan, I'm excited for the potential possibility of Donovan Mitchell becoming a New York Knick and the I think the fact that it will bring excitement to the, the Mecca of Basel, which is New York City. And then later on, I'll be talking about why I believe Adam Silver has saved the NBA based on his recent actions and the things he wants to talk about in this new CBA with the players. So there's a lot that I still want to talk about. This segment right now, I'll be talking about Keegan Murray, but stay tuned for later when I do talk about Adam Silver. I Believe me, you will want to hear that. But you're also going to want to hear what I want to say on this segment right now, which is about Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, it, 
I don't know why, but no one has been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about Chet Holmgren and Paolo Caro and Jabari Smith and Kenneth Lofton, an undrafted rookie who would, who dealed on Chet Holmgren, right? And Jaden Ivey and guys like that. But no one really wants to bring up the fact that Keegan Murray has been quietly having a very good summer league. Keegan Murray, just to put in context for guys, okay? He is a guy that last year was an All-American, an All-American at Iowa. He led Iowa to be a fifth seed. They won the Big Ten tournament, right? That's that's crazy stuff. That's, that's incredible. And, and I'll just give you guys a little bit of stats about him. He averaged 23.5 points a game, 8.7 rebounds, 1.9 blocks, 1.3 steals, and 1.5 assists. So he's not a huge playmaker, but he's a guy that can defend on both ends. He rebounds well, and he's a guy that can score from multiple levels. And he's about six foot eight, six foot nine, and really can make a you know tough matchup on different players because he can play the three, he can play the four, and there's a lot, and he can guard multiple positions. So everyone, I guess the people who follow college basketball know that he had a great end of the year, right? The Big Ten tournament, he really, you know, played great in those games and played great all season long. And everyone saw the value of Keegan Murray. But unfortunately, he, as the Big Ten also did not do very well, once again, the NCAA tournament, which has been kind of a recent trend of, of late, he also struggled against Richmond and they lost to 12th seed Richmond when everyone kind of believed, not everyone, a lot of people believed, including myself, that Iowa would be a final four team because we went, I went based on momentum. I went based on matchups. I went based on head coaching and based on how style play. And the fact they played better defense, the fact they played fast, the fact that they could score at will I thought they would have no problem getting to the Final Four and be the team at like Kansas, who ended up winning the national championship. Unfortunately, I was wrong because Richmond beat them in the first round. And Richmond deserves all the credit. Richmond's a very good program. They look like they're going to have a great year this year. And, you know, you wish them all the success. And they deserve to win that game. They came out better prepared. They came with more chip on their shoulder. They executed better. They had a great defensive game plan on Keegan Murray. And Keegan Murray struggled. And, you know, for all the success he had, you know, all Big Ten, all American first team, you know, a guy who averaged 23 and a half and nine and a block, or sorry, two blocks and, you know, almost one and a half steals and one and a half assists, that went out the window when he had a game like that. But with all that being said, he got picked fourth in the draft by the Sacramento Kings, which I think everyone sort of believed he was going to be a lottery pick. I'm not sure they believed he was the fourth pick in the draft, but he's a guy that deserved to be at least in the top eight. I'm not surprised he got picked that high. He's a fantastic player and deserves every bit of credit for his success. And, you know, obviously that, that, that they're, they're taking a big chance on the guy. Right? Because, to be honest, right? Fourth pick, that means the guy has to turn out to be something pretty good. And um, to, to put it that way, it's a lot. It, 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 the reason why people say, oh, it's a lot of pressure to be the fourth pick in the draft. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of um, added pressure and adversity. Well, to be honest with you, 
the only reason it's pressure is because people make enormous amount of pressure on a player to be successful right away all the time. And that's kind of sometimes what it turns into. People are like, oh my gosh, you know, you, the, the, the enormity of the pressure. Because he's a lottery pick. When this is also a 20, 20 year, 21-year-old kid we're talking about here who's just getting his feet wet in the NBA. But with that being said, with all that stuff being laid out for you guys today, he has been dominating the summer league. Dominating it. He's had five games with 20 or more points. And he just came off a game where they did lose, but he did have 29 of their 80 points in the summer league. 29 of their 80 points. That's over That's over two-thirds, sorry, over a third of their points. That's unbelievable. And he was efficient. He was 9-17 from the floor. He had four steals, seven rebounds. And his three turnovers, which you're going to be like, oh, that's, that's glaring, three turnovers. It was because he was trying to be aggressive. They were good turnovers. There, there's there's a, a, a thing in basketball as, okay, that's a good turnover, it's a bad turnover. A good turnover is trying to make an aggressive play and you get a charge or you, you, you have the ball stripped because you're trying to go up strong or whatever. A bad turnover is you throw the ball out of bounds, you throw the ball to the other team on a bad read, you travel, you double dribble. Like Those are bad turnovers. Right? Those are bad turnovers. But with all that being said, and all that being, I guess, brought to the attention, Keegan Murray has had five 20-point games in the summer league. And everyone's been talking about the incredible play of Chet Holmgren, who does look like he's going to be a very good NBA player, and Jabari Smith and Paolo Bencaro. Keegan Murray's been the best player in summer league, and it's not even a question. He's been the best player in summer league without question, and nobody's talking about it on the big media channels. No one's talking about the fact that Keegan Murray has five games of 20 or more points and that he looks like he's going to be a guy that's going to fit great with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis next year in Sacramento. I mean, think about it. Sacramento is going to have a, you know, a, a big, a big three of young players who are all star could be like, at least in Keegan's place, a potential star and De'Aaron and DeMont and Sabonis's place are stars. Right, I think that is something that I think people take for granted. They're like, ah, you know, we can't, you know, jump too soon. I'm not jumping too soon, but he's had five games in the summer league of 20 or more points, and he just had 29 points in a game. Right, and the fact is, he's a two-way player. And you know, you know me, I like to pull up offensive and defensive efficiency stats to prove my points because I think it's always important to talk about that. So a guy who defends at a high level. Okay, where was Sacramento last year? Oh, they were 27th in defensive efficiency last year. Huh. That's interesting to look at, isn't it? 27th defensive efficiency out of 30 teams. Oh, boy. That's not that's not what you want to see. Okay. All right. So you're saying, all right, Mike, you know, you you, you don't really get it. You know, you don't, you, it, you know, it's it's a, it's a team game, whatever. It, you know, it, but offensively, you know, he he can't, add, you know, Sacramento overcame that. Sacramento was terrible last year. And Sacramento was 25th in offensive efficiency last year. 25th. So 27th in defensive efficiency, 25th in offensive efficiency. And this guy is, is dominating on both ends of the court in summer league. 
You tell me how he's not going to be a, a big fit for these guys. And like I told you guys in the last episode, what is the key to Summer League? Why is it important for a team like the Warriors? Well, for example, the reason I said it was important for the Warriors is because the Warriors don't know who they're going to get in free agency. And the Warriors are looking to see who can fill a void and who can fill a role for them on a team that could potentially compete for a championship. Right? And what were the things I said that the Summer League is great for? Right? It's for development. Number one. Right? It's for the NBA experience. It's for motivation. And it's for the coaches to see the potential in a player to be in a role that can help them win. That's why you you see certain guys have success. And that is, to be honest, that is one thing that will benefit, I think, the Sacramento Kings is seeing the fact they can look at Keegan Murray and say, this guy can help us right away. Now, he may not average 29 points a game. He's probably not going to average 29 points a game for the... He's not going to average 29 points a game for the Sacramento Kings. But with all that being said, though, the fact that he's playing this well is a great sign. And it's not just, okay, he's dominating on offense. He's playing good defense. Four steals, being able to guard multiple positions, that was the big problem in Sacramento. They couldn't score and they couldn't defend. You get a guy and a rookie who can score and who can defend. It's why I think you look at the Houston, why Jabari Smith might be a great fit for them because he can score and he can defend. It, it, in today's NBA, you've got to be able to defend, you know, all you got to be a versatile defender. And like I said, Keegan Murray is developing his game in summer league, developing his game with his teammates. He's gaining that NBA experience of being in summer league, playing with an NBA style offense, playing in an NBA kind of environment. And then he's gaining that motivation to come out and try to help his team win and carry a load and help his team win each game. And he's keeping himself motivated to be the best player he can be for this team to be successful. And then the coaches and the owners and the GM of of the Sacramento Kings are looking at Keegan Murray and and even the top players in in De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis are looking at Keegan Murray and saying, it's a lot of potential with this kid. And it just shocks me to this day. I'm going to repeat this point again. It just shocks me that no one is talking about it. It shocks me that no one is talking about it. Because you would think that a player who has been dominating summer league would get talked about. I mean, you would think that, right? I mean, it, it, it would be it would be logical to, to think that, right? So That is something that I think is interesting. Everyone wants to just, you know, glamour over the great play of Chet Holmgren. And don't get me wrong. Chet Holmgren is going to, I think, be a, a, a very, I think he's going to be a good NBA player. He has a lot of talent. But he also got dominated by Kenneth Lofton in a summer league game. Keegan Murray has been having, he had five games in the summer league with 20 points. And he's had 29 points. And he's been playing at both ends of the court. And no one seems to want to talk about it. The fact that Keegan Murray might end up being the best rookie in this draft, I don't know. I can't jump to that conclusion out of summer league. That's that would be too far fetched. 
But I'm saying based in the summer league, he has been the best rookie so far. But it also is summer league. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I do think summer league is incredibly important for the development of players, getting that NBA experience, getting motivation, and then having the coaches see that there is potential there. Like, for example, I've been a big fan of Micah Potter since he came out of college. He's been playing, you know, trying to figure out his way in, through Summer League. He's on the Knicks Summer League team now. And, I, and I, for example, the Knicks have to see the potential in him. And the reason I like Micah Potter is just because he's a low post center like myself. And I always, you know, f- you know, root for those guys. Kofi Coburn, Luka Garza, um, Taco Fall. You know, the, those really good low post centers. I mean, because, you you know, I think it's a lost art that people forget. But with all that being said, though, Keegan Murray has been playing fantastic. And, I mean, just if you look at the fact is everyone's talking even about like Jonathan Kaminga and Cam Thomas and all these terrific players. And to be honest, no one's talking about Keegan Murray. He's shooting the three really well. He's getting to the free throw line. He's showing an ability to handle the ball at a, at a high level, being able to take it and go. And no, and the only people that are talking about it is a write-up on NBA.com. Everyone's talking about Mac McClung more than more than that. Mac McClung did have a 22-point game. He, you know, he was a he was a G League rookie of the year. I mean, again, I mean, he's gonna probably do that, but But the fact is, like, Jonathan Kaminga's had a bad game, for example. Keegan Murray hasn't had a bad game yet. And I don't know. I think that I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are falling enamored with flash and flair versus getting the job done. I think, for example, people gravitate towards Steph, LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant, and... Kyrie Irving more than they gravitate towards you guys like LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, it's only one reason for that. And that is that there is a sense of flair that fans are enamored with rather than seeing the fact that Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now, in my opinion, and losing track of the fact that flair and flash don't always coincide with success. I mean, what have Kevin Durant and Kyrie done in Brooklyn really? Right. And I, I think Kevin Durant is a great player. Don't be wrong. He's like, he's a top two, three player in the game, but I think people are missing out on the fact that Keegan Murray has been the best player in summer league. I, I just, without question. And the fact is, the big thing that people have drawn from is the fact that he's shown poise. That is such a big, big um, compliment. If you're, if people say, "Oh, you've shown great poise," right? Because as a rookie, it's hard to step into an environment. Where if you're not showing great poise, it's hard to be successful, right? And it's hard to show poise in a new environment. I've been there. It's and a lot of people have been there. Poise is hard to de- you have to develop. You have to have that and develop it over time. And it's something that you you have had to like be taught 
based on your experiences. And I think the fact is Keegan Murray went through tough situations in college where he had to remain poised. And Fran McCaffrey is a guy who is a energetic head coach, but probably, and you see a lot of his players are poised on the court. Now, why is that? Because he probably instilled that in them. And going to Iowa and having that ability to stay, like you look like Jordan Bohannon and you look at Connor McCaffrey and Patrick McCaffrey, their, their ability to stay poised and stoic during times of chaos, Keegan Murray was the same way. And you see the fact that he stayed poised with his game. And also he's worked on his game, right? This guy was a guy who was an off the bench energy guy, eight points a game for them, you know, freshman year. And then this pastor was sophomore or junior or whatever, he he dominated because it was his team and he and he and he got poised and he got the experience. So he's been slept on. No one no one expected him to be as good as he was, but he was slept on and he's being sleep slept on here. And I'm gonna come into his defense and say the fact that this guy looks unbelievable right now. And people need to talk about him more. Sacramento might have just gotten, you know, the, the, their next great piece. And I'm being serious. A guy that can defend both ends of the court, has poise, can shoot the three very effectively, has a mid-range game, can get to the basket, can post guys up. I mean, I, I really like him. And think about it, why would Why did Sacramento draft the guy? He scores in multiple ways. He can defend. He's versatile, Right. In the NBA, you have to have versatility. It's so important the way the game is now. Three-point shooters, all that that different ways the game's played. That is so important to how the game is played now. So that's why I think that. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. But when I come back, we will be ending the show talking about why Adam Silver actually probably has saved the reputation of the NBA based on his recent actions that he's taken. All that coming back up. When we return the GSMC Basketball Podcast.